Hey, do you like weird movies? You do? Have you heard of Vinegar Syndrome? Find them online at www.vinegarsyndrome.com. Vinegar Syndrome is one of the leading exploitation and grindhouse preservation and distribution companies in the world. They've got a simple three-step process that I call the three R's. Recover, restore, and release. Vinegar Syndrome has an amazingly large film archive consisting of thousands of 35 and 16 millimeter negatives and prints and are actively finding films that are underappreciated, undervalued, and underseen. So many of their releases have never seen the light of day since VHS, and they're restoring them to all their glory. Some of these films do not have the right to look as good as they do, but they do. I'm looking at you, corpse grinders. Vinegar Syndrome has their own method of restoration where their goal is to recreate the theatrical experience as best as they can. With their own in-house lab, they scan, color grade, and restore each title personally. You'll never see any grain reduction and digital trickery on their discs. Vinegar Syndrome is a very exciting label, and we're proud to have them as a sponsor. They've been with us since the beginning, and we love them for it. Check out their website today and grab yourself a copy of Sweet Sweetback's Badass Song, Body Melt, Wonder Woman, Ice Cream Man, Christmas Evil, Dolomite, or my favorite, the Wisconsin Blood Trilogy of Blood Beat, Blood Hook, and the upcoming Blood Harvest. Once again, be sure to visit them at www.vinegarsyndrome.com and grab yourself something cool. Let them know your good friend Michael sent you. Warning! This movie podcast actually discusses movies. Be aware that it may discuss any of the following elements. Endings, surprise twists, unexpected cameos, and all manner of spoilers. If this doesn't appeal to you, why listen to a movie podcast? Without further ado, please enjoy our feature presentation, The Shameless Picture Show. Hello and welcome to another bonus episode of The Shameless Picture Show. I am Michael Byers and today we are discussing Vinegar Syndrome, one of our fine sponsors. Uh, Today's going to be a short episode. I have decided to start doing things a little bit differently. Instead of banking a bunch of movies at one time and doing a longer episode, I've decided to start doing more frequent short reviews um, with hopes that... um, The content will be a little more fresh, and that way our sponsors have to wait less time in between episodes. So, not too sure how long this episode is going to be, but we'll figure it out, guys. So, the movie I'm discussing today, as I said from our friends over at Vinegar Syndrome, is Graydon Clark's Wacko. Uh, You might remember I did a Graydon Clark review a couple weeks ago when I talked about The Uninvited, which I wasn't a huge fan of. Um, and while I seem to be in a in a vast minority with Wacko, I think this movie, for me, uh, is a winner. But the back of the box says, 13 years ago, at the Halloween pumpkin prom, the infamous lawnmower killer went on a brutal rampage, murdering several high school students, including Mary Graves' older sister, traumatizing her for life. Now... After the unexpected escape of a prisoner from the state mental hospital, who may or may not be the killer, it's up to hard-nosed gumshoe Dick Harbinger to solve the case before the lawnmower, sorry, before the lawnmower killer seeks out a new slew of victims at the upcoming pumpkin prom. That is, if anyone is able to survive the hilarious horror hijinks leading up to it. 
a raucous parody of horror films and teen sex comedies predating the scary movie franchise by nearly two decades. Director Graydon Clark, who did Joysticks, Graydon Clark's Wacko features a mind-blowing ensemble cast including Joe Don Baker from GoldenEye and Fletch, Stella Stevens from The Poseidon Adventure, George Kennedy from Charade, and Charles Napier from The Blues Brothers Super Vixens, Julia Duffy from The Doctors, and Andrew Dice Clay in his first feature film role. Never officially released on DVD and barely available in any format since the 80s, Vinegar Syndrome brings this sideline chunk of horror comedy gold to Blu-ray, newly restored in 4K from its long-lost camera negative. Ladies and gentlemen, an important announcement from Academy Award-winning actor Mr. George Kennedy. One very serious point. Lawnmowers do not kill people. People kill people. times have I told you this is not a toy? Oh, there was a phone message for you. Oh, wow. From Norman? Oh, wow. He didn't say. Oh, come on, Mom. What did he say? Well, at first he goes, uh, your daughter's gonna die tonight. Police business? Might have a few words with you. I'll never forget the first time I saw your father. If I'm rambling on too much, <laughs> just let me know. Uh, not at all. At last, a motion picture made by, for, and about people just like you and me. Real quick before I start talking about the actual movie itself, one name it doesn't mention on there is uh, Elizabeth Daly, a.k.a. E.G. Daly. She's also in the film playing a character named Bambi. Uh, she is one of, in one of my favorite uh, 80s comedies, Valley Girl, which I love. She's in uh, Pee-wee's Big, Ad- Big Adventure as Dottie. She's got a great singing sequence in Better Off Dead. And a lot of people will know her as the voice of Buttercup from the Powerpuff Girls or Tommy Pickles from Rugrats. And she's done a lot. More, more than likely, you've heard her voice in something without even realizing it. So I wanted to give a little shout-out to E.G. Daly because I love her. So Graydon Clark's Wacko. As uh, I said in the back of the box, is definitely a horror comedy spoof. Um, there's um, almost a joke per minute, I would say. And while some people online, uh, whether that be through Letterboxd or various online review places, don't seem to love the movie as much as I do. They feel a lot of these jokes don't land. I thought this movie was hysterical. Uh, will I feel the same way the second time? I'll have to let you know. But I was pleasantly surprised by this because I was not a huge fan of The Uninvited. Uh, it's not that I just necessarily disliked the film. Um, I talked about in that review that I just, I'm not a big fan of movies set on boats. Like, there was things to like, but it's overall wasn't my type of film. And I've not seen Joysticks yet, but it's definitely one I want to see. I got a sense of what this movie was like from the very beginning, when we're at the Halloween pumpkin prom, and this beautiful woman is mowed down, literally, by a lawnmower. And the killer is wearing a ridiculous giant pumpkin mask that has a long nose strap to it. And the killer talks! which is also playing with, playing against the slasher style. And he it's it's, it's on the nose. It, it extremely it very much is on the nose whereas the first line the killer says is death to all teenagers that fuck. So it's going with that 
that that theme of that people who have sex in slasher films die. And while it is spoofing slasher films, it's spoofing a lot of different things as well. So this beautiful woman is is killed. Um, and then the, uh, a group of kids witness the murder and it's just traumatizing for them, uh, cut to them growing up. And we have the character of Mary Graves now as an adult, her sister being the one that died. Um, and she's getting ready for her own Halloween pumpkin prom that is happening. And as it is in teen sex comedies, prom is always the type of, is always the time of year when a lot of virgins lose their virginity, and she's a little nervous about this. She's dealing with the the thoughts of her sister having died at this same pumpkin prom years before. Uh, she's got to deal with the fact that her father, Mister Doctor Graves, that is actually his name. His first name is Doctor. Mister Doctor Graves is a pervert who is constantly trying to watch her. Uh, there's a running gag throughout any time that he gets caught staring at them through the window. They're like, Daddy, what are you doing? And he's on the, he's on a ladder on the second floor. And he goes, oh, um, I'm just mowing the lawn. And that, and the, the girl always goes, well, that's what you always say. It's really pervy and goofy, but it's, it's played in a funny way. I don't know. It's hard to explain. Um, so that's, that's, that's kind of the plot line running throughout it is these kids getting ready for their pumpkin prom. So Mary is, is dealing with that. She's dealing with her boyfriend, Norman, Norman Bates. Yes. It's a very on the nose reference who is super sexed up. And anytime that he gets overly excited, he starts making lawnmower noises, which really bothers Mary. Hi, Mary. Hi, Norman. How are you this morning? I'm fine. How are you this morning? Well, I am so excited about... Well, about... Making love for the first time tonight? Right. Oh, I know, Norman. I can't think of anyone in the world I'd rather lose my virginity to. Yeah. I know what you mean. Norman? Mary! I can't help it if I sound like a lawnmower every time I get excited. I'm okay. It's okay. It's okay now. Oh, Norman. How are we ever going to make love? I'm the only virgin in the whole oh. school. But every time I hear that lawnmower sound, I... 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 I think this might turn the trick. Oh, Norman. Earplugs. How thoughtful. I love you, Mary. I love you too, Norman. And then it's also her friends, Bambi and Rosie, who are, who are getting ready for prom as well. It's also got a, a, a first performance by Andrew Dice Clay. He's playing a character named Tony... I think it's Schlong, Schlongini, when they all just call him the Schlong for uh, for short, because um, he anytime he gets a hard on, it's like it, there's a joke that it rips his pants every time. So you'll see him constantly with tape on his pants because it's yeah. Um, the, and his introduction is great too because it's spoofing Greece where they do a whole song and dance number with him. Did you get a date yet, Bambi? No. 
I still have a full school day to work on it. Are you still going with Tony Schlongini or um, did he get kicked out of school for wearing his pants too tight? Everyone's talking about him. People that know him just love him. So if you're feeling down or if you're feeling blue, this dude will make you feel super cool. Tony Schlongini. I am respected everywhere. Tony Schlongini. Girls always pulling out my hair. When I'm a rosy around, boom, 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 boom. beholding the side of her mouth, boom, 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 boom. my temperature rises, my soul realizes she almost approaches my lead when she's hot. Tony Sogini, out! So that's part of the plot line. The other part is about um, Dick Harbinger, who is a detective who in his, feels that he didn't do enough to stop the killer the first time, the lawnmower killer. And he, he's been haunted by it since. Uh, and the Dick Harbinger, as I said, is played by Joe Don Baker. And he's been haunted by this where he doesn't feel like he can necessarily sleep. And he's kind of the main plot line. Well, he's maybe not the main plot line because it is running congruently through the film, but he he's definitely the character I like the most because the great thing about Joe Don Baker's, I don't think anyone told him that he doesn't need to take this as seriously as he does, which is what makes the film work so well for me is he is doing a, he's not doing a hokey performance. It's hokey because it's over the top. He's definitely chewing the scenery, but I love that he is, he's, he's not treating this movie like it's less than him. Um, and I love this character. He, he's, he's obsessed with junk food and coffee, so much so that like there's a great scene at the beginning when he first wakes up and gets a call that there's been an escapee from the mental institute. So he starts grabbing all of his weapons. He's throwing grenades in his bag. He's throwing guns in his bag, and he's just grabbing all these weapons. Like he, I think he even grabs a bazooka. And then he has got a, co- a big coffee machine, like industrial size, in his apartment, and he... He hits the spigot and he drinks a cup of coffee and he spins the coffee cup around his finger like it's a gun and has a holster for his coffee cup right on his belt, which I think is cool. But then he opens his bag and just unleashes coffee into it and he's just pouring coffee. And then uh, you see one of the psychics, you see that he has got a spigot on the side of his of his coffee. Oh, sorry, on the side of his bag so he can pour coffee whenever he likes. I just thought that was great. But yeah, as I said in the description in the back of the box, this movie predates Scary Movie, where it's it's making fun of movies that were popular at the time, and even movies that weren't popular at the time. Like there's uh, there's a lot of running jokes throughout the film about Alfred Hitchcock, the fact that they go to Alfred Hitchcock High, and one of the early jokes in the movie is it's it's advertising an upcoming sporting event, the Hitchcock Birds versus the De Palma Knives. And that's just a nice little throw up to two masters of horror. And uh, I assume, I don't know for sure, I assume Graydon Clark is a, is a fan of Hitchcock because he spoofs him throughout. So Norman Bates is a character in this movie where, um, you know, there's a, a, a gag near the end of the film where it's Halloween and he comes dressed as... He comes dressed kind of like Norman Bates, but he's got a his dead his dead mother with him that he does a ventriloquist act with. So there's definitely a lot of running jokes with that, and the absurdist, this absurdist humor definitely worked for me. Like there's a a scene near the middle of the film um, called the Who What Cop. I just wrote Who What Cop scene that absolutely made me made me laugh a lot. I don't know if it's gonna necessarily make anyone else laugh, but I'll pl- I'll insert a little clip of it. Alan, this in his room. 
calendar. Good. And today's date circled. In blood. He's back. After 13 years, he's back, and I'm gonna nail him this time. What? No, who? I don't know. I'm asking you. What? Who? Who what? I don't understand. Forget it. All I know is today's October the 31st. 31 backwards is 13. It's Friday. It's Halloween. It's the 13th anniversary of the lawnmower killings. It's a crazy loose. It's prom night. I'm out of coffee. There's a lot to love in this film. There's, like I said, all the stars. You got, as I said before, Stella, ba- uh, Stella Stevens, Joe Don Baker, George Kennedy. You got E.G. Daly. You got Andrew Dice Clay. There's just a lot of names in this, and they all look like they're having fun. There's unnecessary car chases that just for any other movie would have taken up the entire budget and this movie is still made of a low budget they were able to afford a big car chase some some relatively big names there's a great scene in the middle of the movie that i absolutely love where the sports team there i think it's their uh might i don't know if it was their football team or their basketball team it might have just been all their sports teams mixed together are getting ready for the big game and the uh the science teacher has got a new form super formula that is going to be their key to winning this 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 game. And what he does is he injects the team. And they all become fucking monsters. Like werewolves and vampires and Draculas. And they. I wish we could have actually gotten a Teen Wolf style scene of watching them play whatever sports they were playing. We didn't. But I just loved seeing them all get turned into monsters. And so much so the mascot even got turned into a monster. But he's dressed like the elephant man. But he's got a giant head because he's the mascot. And he, as the entire team is like roaring and making monster sounds and runs out of the um, the locker room, he's falling behind going, I am not a mascot. I am a human being. And it's it, – the joke's juvenile. A lot of the jokes are, are, are lowbrow humor. But that's what I was looking for when I watched this movie. I wasn't expecting anything, anything else. There's also a great Valley Girl scene where the mom or where uh, Mrs. Doctor Graves and uh, Mary Graves are discuss are talking with each other, and it, it came out. This scene happened before Valley Girl was a movie, but it's it's I don't know. It's playing into that whole Valley Girl aesthetic, which I appreciated. Hi, mom. Hi, dear. Anything happen at school today? Oh, nah. I mean, like you know, nothing. No, same old boring routine. Mm-hmm. How was the game? Oh, God. It was like totally, totally weird. I mean, like, I just couldn't believe it. I mean, you know, like, we went for the first time in 13 years. Mm. Our boys ate them up. That's nice. Oh, there was a phone message for you. Oh, wow. From Norman? Oh, wow. He didn't say. Oh, come on, Mom. What did he say? Well, at first, you know, he goes like, uh, well, at first he goes, uh, your daughter's gonna die tonight. And uh, then he says, uh, <laughs> Oh, wow. Far out. Friend of yours, dear? Probably. It must be that devil in the attic again. I'll go all by myself and check it out. Oh, good idea, darling. Yeah, I don't know. Um, there's not a whole lot to say about the film other than I really enjoyed it. I'll pipe in a couple gags throughout here. But uh, I still say see it. If you want something goofy and light and fun, uh, I, I love that Vinegar Syndrome 
will bring out a slew of different types of movies. They'll bring out campy things. They'll bring out drive-in fare. They'll bring in direct-to-video movies from the 90s. They'll do Jalo films. They'll do a little bit of everything. And I like to see these these little films that maybe don't have as big of a name as some of their other releases get some love. So I, I actually do recommend Wacko. Wacko would get one of my seal of approvals for this show. Uh, so before we wrap up, there are a couple features. Uh, special features read, newly scanned and restored in 4K from its 35mm original camera negative. There's a brand new commentary track with director Graydon Clark, which I did listen to a little bit of as well. And I have my the same issue I have with this Graydon Clark uh, commentary I had with the last one on The Uninvited, where he's a wealth of information and does have some good stories. I just personally feel Graydon Clark's a little dry. The school was rightly concerned that I would do some damage to their football field and their track. I had to agree that whatever damage was done, I would have it repaired. And as you can see, we did considerable damage. <laughs> he is, based on the types of movies he makes, he does not sound or talk the way that I was expecting. So it's, it's maybe not necessarily that it's bad. It's just not what I was expecting. Uh, and then there's an interview called Die Laughing, an interview of cinematographer Nicholas Van Sternberg. And uh, it's very similar to the interview he did on The Uninvited, where he's talking about um, just different meetings he had with the director and trying to figure out the cinematography. They discuss a lot of, on both the com- both commentary tracks on this and The Uninvited, and then Sternberg's interviews on this and The Uninvited, they talk a lot about video assist. Um, which is a thing that was pretty new in the 80s where you can hook up a monitor and the director could actually watch what, what the camera sees and how Graydon Clark used this a lot. No, you know, Graydon used to use a video assist. He was the first director I worked for that used video assist. Prior to that, I never had video assist and I could do what I wanted. But when he had video assist... He used to look through the camera and he used to, you know, he looked through the the video camera. That was, the, the. let me explain. The video camera actually worked through a splitter. There was a beam splitter and I had the eyepiece and the video camera, they saw the same thing. They saw the actual frame of the film. And so he used to, uh, you know, he used to, Pretty much, and he'd like he liked to light through the video assist, <laughs> and you can't light through the video assist. <laughs> you know, it's totally different than what you'd see on film. And um, anyway, I control the lighting, but uh, he can he did have a lot to say about the framing and about uh, the composition and all that. So um, I had not heard, I've always known of what video assist is. I've not heard it mentioned nearly as often as I have in these Graydon Clark interviews, which I find kind of funny. Um, then there's some never before seen outtakes, uh, original theatrical trailer, reversible cover art, and English SDH subtitles. 
The film was from 1981, 87 minutes in color, 1851 widescreen cinematography with a mono soundtrack. And I also have to say, the film looks great. I say this a lot because it's been rare that I've seen a movie from Vinegar Syndrome that doesn't look great. But for being such an old source, uh, colors look fantastic, blood looks good, skin tones are great. Uh, my only complaint, and this is not really to do with anything with Vinegar Syndrome, but the mono soundtrack... Um, it's surprisingly really good. I just doesn't it doesn't add the type of depth depth that I think we would have gotten if it would have been in stereo. But once again, Vinegar Syndrome was working with what they have, and that's probably all that the film. The probably was film was probably shot and mixed in mono, so that's nothing to do with them. Uh, I just think a little bit more depth and some movement would have been nice in the in the soundtrack. But you know, it's neither here nor there. But yeah. Um, Wacko from Graydon Clark definitely gets my recommendation. So keep an ear, to, keep an ear to the ground, guys. Uh, I'll be doing more of these more often. Uh, hold on, let me check my phone and kind of get an idea of what I might have lined up next. I've got quite a few movies I still need to review from Vinegar Syndrome, so um, I'll mention a couple of them. And if there's one that you guys specifically want to hear, let me know, and I can add that to the top of my list. So, some movies that I still have from them. I've got William Webb's Party Line from 1988. I've got Terrence O'Hara's Dark Room from 1989. A movie that I'm actually really excited to review, The Corruption of Chris Miller from Juan Antonio Bardem uh, from 1973. That's a, a Jalo film that I haven't seen. And then there's a, a double feature of, of Battle for the Lost Planet from 1986, and Mutant War, both by Brett Piper. Uh, that one's from 1988. It's a sci-fi films, which I'm I'm kind of excited for, so maybe that'll get moved up to the top of the list. I've got In the Cold of the Night by Nico Mastarakis from 1990, Blood Harvest from Bill Rebane from 1987. So I've got a lot. I'm not going to list... I, I said I was going to list them all, but I've actually got a lot more than I thought I do. Um, but yeah, maybe one of those will be next... Um, yeah. If there's anything specifically from Vinegar Syndrome you want to hear me review, uh, send me a message. If I've got a copy of it, I will move that to the top of my list. And as always, thanks for listening, guys. You really seem to respond to these review episodes, um, and I appreciate that. Uh, and I'm sure Vinegar Syndrome appreciates that because they've been having some fantastic success lately. I'm not going to say I have anything to do with that, but if I can turn a couple people on to some titles they may not have heard of and show some love to those lesser titles, I feel like I've done my job. So, as always, guys, if you're not down with that, I've got two words for you. Watch movies. Have a good night. <laughs>